podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to your international chat podcast as we have just named it before we started the recording. I'm your host, I guess, Mark Roberts, and I'm delighted to welcome to meet first of all, Mr. James Reid. Jay, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, getting by, uh, say before the podcast went live, a bit of a shit week with a broken down car. It's also international week, which means no football for me. Um, but you know, the Reds are back this weekend. We've got a couple of topics to discuss, so... I'm sure we can entertain ourselves and the listeners for an hour. Fantastic. And I've done a few pods with you in the past, Jay, but the next guest I've not yet recorded a podcast with. So a very warm welcome to Stephen Bowman's Adam. How are you doing, Stephen? I'm good, Mark. I'm pretty sure we've done a pod with a guy before. So I've got your WhatsApp number. Possibly. My memory possibly. Is so apologies. <laughs> yeah, they no, good. Having, fast, don't they? having a good week, super busy, but it's good to have a break from work and talk about Liverpool for a change so yes good week all, good week all round fantastic so it is still the international break the, hence the name of the podcast it seems to have been the international break for about six months it's I don't know about you two but it doesn't do an awful lot for me I do keep my eye on the Wales games I think more than maybe the England Liverpool fans keep their eyes on England I should say but I can't wait for Liverpool to get back to the pitch to be honest with you I'll be honest, I didn't even know there was a game on tonight. That's oh, how no. much attention I pay. I have the Wales game on on my iPad in front of me, so for any shouting or screaming, I do apologise for that. Jay, what about you? No. What's your thoughts on the international break? Hate international football. Like The only thing that got me a little bit excited over the international break was the fact that Scotland qualified because they were a bit of an underdog. And when I was a very small child, Euro 96... My granddad told me to support Scotland because he didn't like the English. He's English himself. He's Scouse. He's not with us anymore. But that was the view that I got brought up on. You know, you're Scouse, not English. So support the Scots. So, yeah, that was the small bit of enjoyment I've had over this international break was Andy Robbo's lads getting through. But the clown that is Steve Clark has played him tonight knowing he's got an injury. So hopefully by the end of this pod or just after we get the news that he's come through 90 minutes unscathed and That'll be just a little bit of a shine and light on this week, that two weeks or month or whatever it's felt like. But we'll be fine. International football always on March after the end of this week, so we're all right. Yeah, I suppose again being a being a Welsh boy, it's, we've qualified for the Euros, Euro 2020 in 21 already, and we're actually doing quite well in this Nations League. So if we win tonight, we top our Nations League group. But what that means, I genuinely don't have a clue, and I'm not sure anybody has a clue to be honest but it's all right it's not as good as Liverpool but when Wales are doing well again same as Scotland we're a smaller nation so it's not often we have success so cherish it when it lasts but we shall make a start anyway so I thought one of the first things we could talk about is sort of the season so far and I'll ask you both but I'll come to you first Stephen so what's been your highlight of the season so far you can choose something on the field off the field or if you're feeling bold go for both I'm going to go for Yatta. I think it's been awesome. We've had years of like pretty dreadful backup forwards. And, you know, we've had the Heskies and the Divvies who they score the important goals by it coming off their arse and this, that and the other. But you can't beat having a proper like alternative to our front, front three who at a time when Bobby's kind of suffering with his confidence and his form just seeing someone come in and hit the ground running looks really settled in the team looks really settled around the, the rest of the, the players looks really happy scoring goals it's just it's what you want to see as a fan isn't it forward coming in and banging him in straight away it's, it's a lot more exciting than a centre half coming in and getting a clean sheet apart from obviously how awful we were before Van Dyke, but it's still more exciting to see goals 
Absolutely. And just, just to pick up on something you've said there, the sort of the fourth choice to the front three, if you like. I remember years ago now, and probably still now, that the sort of debate with your goalkeeper, and I think it was mainly raging when Mignolet was the keeper, that the backups were that poor. You're thinking people like Adam Bogdan and Brad Jones, etc. The fact that he didn't have that pressure on him, his standards were sort of dropped. So I think even as good as Salah and Mane are, the fact that you have somebody like Jota that's hit the ground running, it just sort of keeps everybody on their toes, doesn't it, really? And hopefully notches them up a level, even though we didn't really think they could go up a level. Yeah, definitely. And he just, the, if you watch the highlights from at Wolves, he just loves a back post goal. And the way our, our fullbacks play, he's just, he's going to bag in 25 goals this year, I reckon. And I am dead excited about it. Fabulous. That's a bold claim, but we'll we'll move on to Jaden and we'll go for your on or off field highlight for for the season so far. Um, well, I've kind of got two, but they sort of very linked. So my first one is the 45 minutes that we've seen at Thiago against Chelsea. Um, I know it, he was against 10 men, but it just got the appetite wet for for what he can bring to us and. The, the dominance that he performed in that spell in that 45 minutes in the afternoon just showed how world-class he is and the level that he can take our team to. I know there's not much more that we can achieve, but excellence is something that he is going to bring to the team. And it's obviously just been a bit of a shame that COVID and a horrific tackle from Richarlison in the derby has deprived us of having him in a red shirt a lot more on the field. So hopefully... Ignoring the naysayers on Twitter and going crazy about the fact that he didn't appear on the photographs of the new training facility training last night, that you know, he is going to be around. Don't worry. Maybe it's just a term that Klopp himself said he, he, he nearly broke his leg. So it's just getting him back slowly and getting him right. And it's a long season. It's thick and fast. So we, we need him there. Um, but then, sort of again, like wetting the appetite was the Atalanta game, just seeing us back to our counter attack and decisive best that we've we've sort of lost in being so professional and so clinical and being these mentality monsters that we've become over the last two years where we've just killed games off and done the utter professional job and got ourselves a goal or two in front and said right well if you're going to try and beat us try and beat us but you ain't going to beat us basically um but just seeing that that flashback to goals from opposition corners and seeing what was normally known as the Red Arrows, um, breaking forward and knowing that with every attack we were probably going to score. That that just harked back to to the old mental days, but the days that I sort of remember of standing on the cop and enjoying being at Anfield and just going mental when there was goals going in left, right and centre. And, you know, that little glimmer of hope that we, they were the good old days and we will get back there eventually as as fans being back in the ground. So, those two things for me just sort of whetting the appetite of what's to come in the future in, in this dark cloud that we're living in at the moment. Yeah, fully agree with that. It's, it's, it is a massive shame we haven't seen more of Thiago. And I think because of the injury to Virgil in the derby, it's sort of been overlooked, really, and overshadowed that. Oh, Wales nearly scored. Uh, just that he got injured as well. And it was all a fair while ago now, the derby. And again, We'll come on to discuss it a bit more later about Klopp and, and the club in general, about how much they give away about injuries, etc. But it didn't seem after the game and for what Klopp had said in the press conferences and he was seen in training building, I forget the game he was seen to, so we were expecting him to make an appearance that he hasn't really been seen. But yeah, you would certainly hope with the injuries we've got at the moment piling up in other areas that he could come to. And, and on to the Atlanta game, my opinion, I don't know what you both think, you can both come in on this, is over the last sort of two years, because of Virgil predominantly and how settled he's been, Klopp's almost rested within the game. And once we've got one or two nil up, it's just been a case of shut up shop. And as much as the players are playing those minutes, they're just getting the rest on field almost really. And the, I don't know, the, it's, it's not all intensity, is it? It's, we've sort of switched off a bit and let it go a bit. So it was good to see that. But I don't know, do you think it's something we'll see more of now that we haven't got, well, we haven't got a defence at the moment, have we? Our, our first choice back four is I mean, all injured. So 
I don't know, Gomez Cup, come in, Stephen, see what you want to say on that. I was going to say, like, first pod of the season I did this year, I said the difference between Klopp now and Klopp 18 months ago is, as a coach and as a team, we've learned how to manage games. And that comes from the top down, right? That's not just about the players on the pitch. It's being drilled into them that once we're up, control the game. And I know we've had some mad results this year. I think that's what we'll see. We'll see us go back to last season where we get a goal, we settle things down, we slow it right down, we play to what our strengths are. And, you know, if we're going to be seeing the likes of Ginny and Fab at centre-half, our strengths are going to be keeping possession as opposed to necessarily playing that high line and that breakneck speed football that we can play. We're more likely to go to that sort of more Barca Arsenal thing that we can do is just keep the ball, slow it down. We've got control of the game. We don't need to go chasing after things. Let's wait for the opposition to make a mistake. Let's keep our shape. And I think that's just how we're approached things. And I think we've got the players to manage it. Like I know their specialist positions were shortened, but I think the rest of the team are so, so well drilled. We can make up for some of those inefficiencies by <clears throat> controlling the, the game in the middle of the park and pressing from the front and not leaving the bat four exposed. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Again, I think it's a lot of it will probably come down to the opposition. I think Leicester on Sunday is a tough game. And then after that, we've got fairly favourable games in the league. So hopefully we can, I think, maybe go a bit gung-ho for the first 20, 30 minutes, get that goal or two ahead and then Shut down shop after there. Jay, anything you want to add to that? No, I, f- I fully agree with the the analysis of what we've got in our fixture list ahead of us. Um, it's an opportunity for us to maybe break away. Um, a bit like last season, like going into the Christmas period. I think we, we put a relentless run of form together. And I think it was maybe when we played Leicester, we put ourselves eight points ahead or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but I just remember that Leicester game on Boxing Day being pivotal. Obviously, the performance was scintillating and Trent was the, the Trent that we all know and love. Um, and it just sort of put a, a marker down to the league and just said, right, well, catch us if you can. And that that's the standard where we're operating at. And I know this season's all messed up in terms of condensed fixtures and a lot of injuries and we're living in a pandemic and stuff like that but if you look at the league now and I know it's only eight games in but you can see gaps starting to form in terms of the likes of City, United, Arsenal to an extent to who would probably see themselves as challenging for for the top six positions they're mid-table and the, the likes of Chelsea are sort of hanging hanging around but no one's put a clinical run of form together. We've had a couple of unlucky decisions in terms of the VAR with the derby and the freak results at Villa. But other than that, we've been pretty solid. And I think between now and Christmas is an opportunity. If you look at our fixtures, we've got pretty favourable fixtures. We've had a lot of our tougher games out the way. And we could operate in, in a clinical manner. And we could put games to bed and hopefully then gives us the opportunity to bring players off and rest them and rotate them efficiently and at the same time open up a gap on the rest of the league coming into the, the January period, which again is just as busy as the rest of the season. But if you've done half of the job in the first half of the season and got yourself a gap, then it, it just makes that that period a little bit more easier when we tend to have a little bit of a, a shaky period between January and February. Yeah, I think the I think the fixtures suit us as you were saying. Jay, you know, Leicester, they're a, they're a good team, but I think pretty much any midfield combo we play is going to be is going to be at a minimum match, but most likely better than midfield. And they've got some they've got some good forwards, right? We all know what Vardy can do, but I kind of feel that you know, Tamiska seems to be pretty rapid, and Neko, he's not breaking records, but he's he's rap he's quick he's seems to have an engine to get up and down whenever he's on the pitch and he just looks so chuffed to be being a red shirt. And we we know that if we have to see players like Fab and Ginny playing centre half, they've just got such a clever footballing brain. And hopefully Matip will prove that he's not made out of crisps and he'll play every other game or you know, we'll get a few games out of him in this fixture period. But I do think there are some games that 
kind of suit us. I think I think we can beat Leicester. I think Atlanta is a bit of an odd one. I like Brighton, Fulham, Palace, West Brom, Newcastle. I think none of those, of course, is a problem. I think the Spurs thing they will be the most entertaining game. Is all the nominal on paper tougher fixtures. So you would say what we've got between now and the end of the year, Leicester, Wolves and Tottenham, would you say were our harder fixtures in our upcoming list of 11 games, I think it is, that we've got, um, are all at home. And I know we haven't got the crowd there and I know it's not the same, but there's always something to have your home comforts around and getting changed in your own dressing room, being used to your own pitch, your own dimensions and stuff like that. It could be a small advantage and I know, as I say, it's not, not having the fans there and Anfield's not the same without fans, but those games at home, again, you, you just fancy you just fancy us. With, given our record, I think it's 63 games unbeaten at home now. You just wouldn't be afraid of anybody coming to Anfield and causing us a threat. So I'm fully confident that we, we probably get to New Year with no defeats in the league. The only potential defeats, I think, could be in the Champions League, but I think we're going to come on to that in another topic shortly. So I'm I'm overly or pretty confident about what's to come. I know a lot of doom and gloom about injuries and stuff, but you just got to look at the bright side. We're the champions of the world still. We're the former European champions. We're the champions of England. So let's just put our chest out and prove who we are. Yeah, I think Spurs is our hardest game. If we had Thiago and Van Dijk, I'd expect us to walk through them. But in the form of Kane and the form of Son and we know that Mourinho really hates playing us so he always does something a bit different with his tactics and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't I think that'll be the most interesting game it'll either be a 4-3 like the good old Newcastle games or it's going to be the dullest 0-0-1-0 kind of game of football the only positive I see is it's a month away and we've got players to come back and they could lose players in that time we could but you know it's a month away but if you look at how West Brom, Brighton and Fulham are playing, we could score like 27 goals between now and playing Spurs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and just, just to pick up on what you said there, Jay, there certainly has, especially the last two, three weeks, been so much doom and gloom with the injuries. We, And I know Leicester, Leicester have got a fair few as well and players are, are missing from other clubs, but it, I think it's just the, the centre-half is the big issue, isn't it? To lose as many as we've lost. And there's even talk now that Reese Williams was sent home from England in the 21s and he had a tight hip. And and again, the, the trouble you've got, the nervousness I have as a Liverpool fan is Klopp is so secretive about it. So we genuinely have no idea who he's going to pick for Leicester on Sunday, who will be available or not. And again, now the, the training videos and pictures come out on social media, I think even that he's sort of done with with that air of mystery about it to keep the opposition guessing and there's no leaks anymore like there used to be but I think that's why I wanted to sort of start with that and pick up some some highlights of the season so far that it's not all doom and gloom we've had a tough run like you said we've played Everton away Chelsea away Man City away and Arsenal at home and to be in the position we're in and to have three wins out of three in the Champions League it's it's been a fantastic start to the season Coming to, to the offer field, the, the main one that sticks out to me is obviously this week we opened a new training complex up at Kirby where everybody will be together, first team reserves, the pictures and videos online make it look absolutely stunning, first class facility. So that's certainly a highlight for me. I don't know if you two had, had something different you want to discuss or your input on the training and if you think I'll make a, diff, a big difference. It was certainly something Klopp had pushed for and Klopp felt would benefit us and I suppose the amount of game time Reese Williams is seeing, Nico Williams is seeing, Curtis Jones is seeing, it will give more opportunities to, to players in the under-18s, under-21s to make that step up. I think it's great for the squad as a whole. I think it's great whether you're six years old going in to do your uh, training sessions and just seeing faces walk around that your parents recognise, that you might recognise, and just having the atmosphere. But also... I just like the fun of Klopp, like the fact that they've named the door to the first team suite, the James Milner door. I mean, he's going to be around for years, isn't he? He's going to retire a Liverpool player, end up a Liverpool coach. And I know everyone wants to see Xabi Alonso and Stevie G as our managers one day, but it would have surprised me if Milner's a red for the rest of his footballing career. He's made such an impact behind the scenes and 
we've all been frustrated with some of his performances, and I'm sure if you listen to Hendrick and the UP boys, they've got a mixed mixed opinions on Millie at best on the pitch. But I think off the field, he's massive, right? There's just something about his mentality. The kids seem to love him. Whenever you see the training pictures, he's smiling and making them laugh, and they're all they all seem to be happy to be around him. And I think the younger players been able to take some of that energy and that professional spirit that you'll get from I mean you should get it from all the first team players but seeing those that really excel at it and are the the leaders and the personalities I think it's great for anybody any aspiring player and I think with Williams spending time at was it Kidderminster last year having been at the academy before that like I just it'll help his transition a lot and we're going to need him to be an important part of the squad over the next few games even if, even if he is just playing against the Fulhams and the West Broms and the teams that are dreadful we're going to need him to play we're going to need Neko to come in and again he's going to have to play some serious minutes and he's going to be around people he knows and he's comfortable with and the first team squad I can't see how this isn't this isn't a good thing for everybody as I said from the six-year-olds to the 36-year-olds right now yeah fully agree and he is I would almost say a Marmite player James Muller people do love him or hate him and I know it was 18 months or so ago now but it was him that started that Barcelona game and he's obviously he's always in and around the squad even when we've had a near enough fully fit squad he's still on the bench and there's other players Shakiri, Origi, even Minamino and etc have missed out on the bench but Milner is always there and he is and I understand where the UP boys are coming from and, and Dave, etc. And he has lost his pace and he's not the most skillful player in the squad. But sometimes there are the other aspects to it that are important and the leaders, if you like. And he's so experienced. He's been there, done it. And again, I was one that I thought possibly when Leeds came up, he would have gone and um, gone back to his boyhood club in Leeds. But I think you're right. I think he is. He probably will now finished his career at Liverpool and when Klopp's there it wouldn't surprise me at all if he, he added him to the coaching staff in one regard or another maybe like Gerard started with the under 18s he gives him a role like that and he will be part of the furniture for a while and, and I don't really see that that's a bad thing at all I think he he, he is a Marmite player as, as you've said but he serves a purpose in in many ways that People do appreciate the, like the professionalism and his off the field stuff, and as you've both said, like his influence on on younger players and even just the rest of the squad, like just as the barometer for what you need to be. Like he's always top of the the fitness test of the preseason and stuff like that. But I think just there is games that we you, you just get to a point in the game you think we just need Milner now for for fifteen minutes and. I think as you've you've touched on as well, the the UP lads and a few others have said like he doesn't he doesn't do well for ninety, but there is moments in games, even like the City game a few weeks ago, like sure like a month ago. I know he came on, but he he done the job that was asked of him. Like he, he was out of position at right back, and he might have to play there again over the next few weeks. Who knows? But he, you know he, he's good for that for that role. You just need anything doing. He is the the lieutenant that clocked it, and so I know it's a it's a cliche, but he is really useful for that. And you can't have too many of these players about. So I think the next one that we've got similar is Ginny, and I think we we've seen the rumours this week about his contract, and I hope to God that he does sign it because you can't have enough of these valuable players. I think we'll see a lot. I'm going to totally sorry, Stephen. I'm, I'm going to totally butcher this quote now, and so whoever said it, I apologise for. There was, I think it might have been Ronnie Moran had said back in the day, you only need three people to play the piano and you need seven people to carry it. And we've certainly got more than three people that can play it if you're counting the, the creativity of the fullbacks and the front three and if Thiago's playing. But you do need a player like that within your squad. Fergie had it over the years with United numerous times. He had players of a similar ilk to Milner. And look at the trophies he won. And yeah, since Milner's been there, we've won. Everything, absolutely everything, and he has played a role in that. Maybe not a key role, but he is a vital member of the squad, whatever you think of him. Klopp loves him, Klopp thinks highly of him, and he's been there when we've had the most success we've had for 30 years. 
Yeah, and I think I think he's an important part of that. But you know, you've both alluded to it. He's he's lost a bit of pace and he does get exposed. So if he's going to play right back, I want to see him right back playing for the last 15, 20 minutes against either a fresh sub or some tired legs. I don't want to see him playing 60, 70, 80 minutes at right back. If he's going to play a, an hour, I want to see him in the middle of the park where there's a bit more energy around him and he's there to cut off the lanes and he's there to protect the full backs by being in the right place, by having that. <clears throat> he might not have the pace, but he still has the energy he might like he might like he might look like he's running in mud but he's still giving it everything to get there and win the ball and i just i just don't want to see him in positions he'll get exposed given the back four we're going to have but i think he's going to be integral to getting through the next few weeks with with what's going on with the squad i think we're going to, if we're going to see a lot of neko williams at right back i want to see Milner have games where you know even if he could whether he comes on at half time whether he comes on with 30 minutes 20 minutes to go but coming on just to manage the game and to help those younger players through the final moments like that's that's about winning the game right isn't it it's not the first 20 minutes it's more than the last 20 minutes it's how do you manage it? it's how do you get that goal or how do you protect that lead it's the difference maker I mean, and the UP boys have said before the amount of goals we scored in the last 15 minutes I think that's the time you want to see him on the pitch at his best as opposed to looking like he's in a big pile of quicksand, which is what it'll be like I if he's playing right back for 90 minutes. Yeah, I think it's going to be a case of horses for courses. I know, it, again, that's another horrible cliche, but like, up against this weekend, coming up against Leicester, he, the likelihood is if he, if he was to play left back, he's going to be up against Harvey Barnes. You don't want that. I know it, it could be a needs more situation in that we... You say we we use Nico from the start and then bring Millie on for the last twenty to solid it up. But if it is a, a needs must situation where we have to start Milner for whatever reason that may be, could see it maybe more of a, a situation where you refine the role to so say like you try and keep it tight because it could be a case that on his inside left is Reese Williams who's only a kid and he needs a bit of experience and then. Who knows who's going to be playing next to Reese if if Reese is even fit? That is, or Nath Phillips who's not overly experienced given his age, and then we just let Robbo go wild down the left, and we have to just focus our attack on the left hand side, and and it wouldn't be ideal. But if it's a case of two or three games that we've got to get through, then I guess we've just got to bite the bullet, haven't we? Oh, definitely. But you know, flipping that around like for horses for courses, I do think playing in playing Winfield against Brighton and Palace and a few of the games we've got coming up, like Newcastle, where they don't really have a midfield, where he can, he doesn't need to charge around. He can just watch the game. He can, as I said, cut off those passing lanes. He can protect the fullback. He can drop into the fullback positions if we're letting Nico and Robbo and Tomiskas like bomb on. I think he'll be more... I think they're the kind of games I'd like to see him playing, where his impact would be more helpful, where he can he can be there on the pitch coaching those young fullbacks and telling them where to be and when to run and when to come back, when to push forward and encouraging like like Williams to make the overlaps because he is going to fill in for him if something goes wrong. Like they're the games I'd like to see him play as opposed to having to fill in at right back because I just feel like like Leicester he'll pace will get exposed, he'll get torn to pieces. Wolves, they'll do him. You, like, even Spurs, I think, the players they've got, like Son versus Milner, there's only one winner in that, isn't there? In terms of pace and trickery at, at the moment. So I ho- I just hope to see him used in a way that doesn't, as I said, it doesn't leave him exposed. As you said, he's important to the players, he's important to the young players. I just don't want to see him left in positions where he gets blamed. At the end of the day, it's the coach who's put him in that position, not him. So, and we're going to need him, right? The amount of injuries we've got going on. We don't know when Thiago's going to play next. Hendo likes to have a few games off around Christmas, usually for one knock or another. And he's going to be throwing himself into everything at the moment, isn't he? With the state of the rest of the team when he's on the pitch. So, we'll see plenty of him. It's just how and where. And I really want to see... To miscast and Necker Williams get some games over the next few ga- over the next few weeks. I think Robbo Robbo's playing tonight. That's madness. I, 
I really don't want to see Robbo playing now until Atlanta at the earliest for us. Stick him on the bench. Our other left back is supposed to be fit and ready. He looks rapid. He looks confident. Let him play against Harvey Barnes. He might be a bit quick, but he's not quick enough. Yeah, I agree. Like I don't see why Scotland have taken him all the way to Israel for is the game of any any use to them really? Can they could have possibly topped their nations league, but you know their main bread and butter this international window was to qualify for the Euros next year, which they've done. Um, so I don't see why they took him all the way over there. But you know he's he's the Scotland captain, so I imagine the type of character that he is, he probably wanted to play as much as he could anyway. So I think it's it's a hard one to balance when when you've got these players who are so proud and passionate to represent the country that trying to hold them back is a, a bit of a bit of a hard one. But just on Simakas, he's he's playing tonight as well for Greece. So he's getting game time, he's getting ninety minutes hopefully. So that should stand him in good stead to to come back to Liverpool and, and get games and be match fit as it is. So we've just got to use the squad wisely and I think that's something that Klopp knows anyway. So we we'll be we'll be fine. We've just got to accept our fate and we won't be the only one with injuries other teams have got them other teams are going to get them so you know the, you can't get too damn dumps we've just got to knuckle down and carry on and as I said earlier on we've just got to try and create a gap now I think while we've got the opportunity and what would be deemed easier games for us Loving that 10 minute or so James Milner chat boys it sounded like us to go off in a little tangent and in all that excitement, I forgot to tell you that Liverpool's on loan forward Harry Wilson has put Wales 1 0 up. So I'll take that at half time. Uh, something sell you've em. both sell said, them. Take the absolutely. money. Absolutely. Take it now while we can. So, something you've both sort of alluded to on there, and I, and I mentioned it earlier, is the injury situation and who's fit, who's not fit. And obviously, Henderson was sent home from England. We thought Robertson was injured, but he's playing tonight. I know Klopp's going to do his press conference on Friday and there'll be plenty of content on AI, which you should all get involved with, previewing the Leicester game. But what, what I don't know, what do you two make of it, really, this secrecy, if you like, about who's fit and who's not fit? I, I can see the benefits with it and it keeps the opposition guessing, but it just frustrates the life out of me that when like, Thiago got injured, we didn't, nobody really expected it to be this long. It was sort of seven to ten days and then he was in training and then you don't see him. Are you on board with it, the way we do it? Would you rather Klopp just be honest and tell us what's going on and who's fit and who's not fit? I'll come to you first on that, Jay. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not too bothered. I'm used to it. It's it's like the same with transfers, and it? like we don't give anything away. It's it's all very cloak and dagger. But you know, it is what it is. It's a professionally run club. We are one of the best run clubs on and off the field in the world. So. I, there's always going to be moaners and naysayers and people who aren't happy, but it's just the way it is. And if you think of it, like if we were banding all our laundry about in the open for everyone to see, then then why why would you do that? And you wouldn't do it at home, so why would you do it in in a professional term? And like you're only going to give the opposition a benefit of like if they knew Thiago was fully fit and fighting, and Brenda's going to come up with some sort of tactics to try and hack him down or try and compensate that then you're giving him an advantage of four to five days I mean we all hope that Thiago and Fabinho are fit and maybe they were just in the gym and having a nice little warm time last night while the other lads were out on the the cold Kirby pitches but why why would you give other teams advantages of knowing what's fit and what's not like just take our last game for example against Man City we clocked done his press conference, didn't say anything too much. He, he sort of alluded to the fact that Bobby was going to start, but nobody seen that formation and the way we went out with the a 4-2-4 in attack, but then a 4-4-2 sort of in defence or out of possession. And it done Pep for half an hour. He was meant to be one of the greatest tacticians in the game. OK, he figured it out in the end and he nullified us and the game was stale after half time. But what, why would you give yourself away? So they, I, I don't mind. Like it's, it's only the if you if you're that upset by Klopp keeping things secret and the club not telling you about transfers, then I'm sorry that there's much bigger things going on in the world to 
to get on with and have a little moan on Twitter about it. I mean, we all have moans, that's fine, but we've been around the block long enough. We've seen the way the club operates now. You've just got to accept the way it is. But also, like, just from some pictures, you can't assume somebody's injured. There could be a whole host of reasons to why guys aren't on the training pitch. They might have to go for their random drugs test. The whole point of this I mean, is they are random. Uh, they just get called on the day. They might have, have you seen to the go size of the some... facility? It's huge. Exactly. Like, they might have been with a like a post-rehab physio check-in from the rest of the day. They've both had injuries, so it could be going for an assessment after the morning session or before the afternoon session. Like, you can't take everything from pitches. I think they they're great for... On, yeah, they could have been on the beach volleyball. I mean, we've got, we've got a sand beach volleyball area, which the Ox showed us, you know, they're both Brazilian of nature, so we used to say they weren't having a little game of beach volleyball. It could well. I don't know. Let's just say it's. I've just got this first knowledge, I guess, and just want to know what's going on. But I, I do fully agree with everything you said, Jay. Really, it makes sense. It's the way the club was run, and it. You'd kind of think it would give us an advantage. It'll keep Rogers guessing. He won't have a clue who we're going to line up with on the weekend, and that's what you want, really. It's as you say, you certainly want that with transfers, and it's not a problem. It's just, it's just a bit frustrating, isn't it, that when somebody gets injured, you have no real time frame on it, other than what like the likes of Cy Brundish and Marty do on the fatigue index pods, which again are well worth a listen. They tend to give you the information that you need about who's injured and how long they're going to be injured for. But we will find out at quarter past six on Sunday who's made it and who's not, and we're not going to find out any sooner than that, are we? I mean, the club might have decided not disclosing people's injury problems to the public is probably better for the players' and families' mental health because you haven't got everybody knowing every finest detail of what's going on. Let them concentrate in the background where they need to be. Like, yeah, do we really do we really this. need to know that? This, I mean, this is obviously it's important that our players are available. We get to watch them play football. So are we buy our Sky Sports or we buy our tickets not this season obviously and we buy our shirts and our merch is because we want to support the team but these these they're human they're people in real life and if the club's made a decision to keep things private for their for their benefit then so be it let's just not assume that it's some sort of cloak and daggers it could just be something as simple as this is someone's medical history let's let them recover and concentrate on their recovery rather than worrying about what people think about the amount of minutes or days they're going to be away for and then look at people like Alison who go and prove that, let me get on with it and I'll come back as soon as I can. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's That's the way the club choose to do it and you've got to respect that really because Klopp certainly earned our respect for the success he's brought us. But we'll move on anyway. Another sort of story that's been in and out of the press since, well, at least the City game, but before then really but Klopp and Guardiola had both mentioned that the Premier League with their three substitutes rather than the five substitutes all the other top leagues across Europe were doing uh, this week the championship have decided that from this weekend they will move to a five substitutes per team I don't understand why the Premier League has to be different it was the same with the transfer window and moving the date on there where all the big leagues in Europe didn't it just makes so much sense. I mean, the only counter argument I've really seen about it is that in that City Liverpool game, City only made one sub, Klopp only made two. But again, we had lost a player to injury. It was a very tight game. And if he makes that change and then somebody else gets injured, that's a, a crucial part to be in, isn't it? You don't want to be playing the end of the City game with 10 men. So for me, it should absolutely be five subs. I don't understand why it hasn't been so far. I'll come to you first on that one, Stephen. What what do you think? Should it be five subs? And do you think the Premier League will ever relent and move to the five subs? I mean, it's one of, if not the most condensed season in it, definitely the history of the Premier League. It can't be far off some of the crazy seasons of 2014s of the old Division One. And it makes total sense. Like The amount of injuries this year, I mean, Sai's been putting in UP, he's been putting it on Twitter, like, the minutes to recovery, players aren't getting that fourth day that they need to fully recover properly before training and playing another game. I think they need to do it for the welfare of the players as much as the entertainment of the game. The game, as players get tired and worn out, they'll become less interesting and 
end of the day, Premier League makes their money by selling TV slots. And we want to see footballers playing at their best. We don't want to see 70 minutes into game, 22 knackered blokes on a pitch. I think for all their benefit, five subs is important. And I know against in certain games, managers will choose not to make a substitution, but they can plan for that. They can organise. They can say, do you know what? Against Spurs and Man United, we're not going to make many subs because it's so important part of the game. Whereas when we're playing Fulham and West Brom and Palace and Newcastle, with no disrespect to them, but they could be a different type of game played at a different pace. So they may want to play players for 45 minutes or an hour, you know, and pre-planned minutes is part of their, almost like their recovery, their minute management. Um, UP guys quite often talk about getting a player up to 120 minutes a week and things of that nature. So they just need to do it. They need to, like, stop messing around. Like in Italy, they're naming squads of 23 players because they realised that. I mean, they did it to begin with a couple of years ago to make sure some some of the younger players and squads were getting games. But they realised in the current world we live in that teams need to be able to stick a big squad to a game to keep the game running and keep players fit and keep it entertaining and. As I said, it's, it's why we watch football because it's entertaining. It makes us care, it makes us want to follow a team, and makes fans passionate. If, if it was slow and dull and boring and about injury avoidance, people wouldn't care. People wouldn't want to watch it. Fully agree. And again, another argument I've seen is that it will favour the big teams, and the big teams have deeper squads, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Every club in the Premier League is, has the same opportunity to name a 25-man squad and you've got your traditional big six, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, United and Tottenham. And their first 14 players on paper are probably better than most sides if you average out the 14. So what difference is it going to make then if you go to play a 15 and play a 16? Is it really going to make that much difference and give Liverpool that much bigger advantage over West Ham than they have if they can only make free substitutes. To me, no, it's not, but maybe that's my red-tinted Liverpool bias glasses on, but Jay, your thoughts on that? I think it's just idios, idios, idiocy, and the idiots that run our game, it just shows like the, they, they try and be different all the time. It, it, it's not just the game, it's the country, <laughs> like, but let's not get into politics. Um, but they just try and think they're better and they know they know more than everyone else and in reality they know actually nothing. Um like players are dropping like flies and I had this conversation with a, a different group of mates about an hour or two ago about this. Um is it gonna take the likes of West Brom, Burnley, Sheffield United, um, Brighton to get five, six injuries within their squad to then only be naming 14 or 15 eligible players that they can literally put out first team players for them to think maybe we we need to get a, a more rotation more more substitutes or bulk up our squads or whatever but I, I seem to remember back to the end of last season after lockdown that Burnley are one of the big clubs who were against this and they're a very weird club anyway in the way that they run um, they don't seem to like spend the money and I don't know where all the money goes I'm sure it's siphoned out of the club somehow but they were putting teams or squads out when the five subs were available of 15 players 14 players and they've got an academy they were just refusing to put players on the bench like it was to try and prove a point but everyone else was using academy players I, I don't understand why they were doing it and I know they wanted teams who were sternly against it and Brighton were the same I know Brighton have bulked up the squad this summer with some questionable signings, but they've booked it up nonetheless. But is it going to take these teams getting a multitude of injuries for them to consider that actually we need to to use the five substitutes and rotate our players a bit more? I don't, I don't know, but I don't see it happening this season. I just think they're going to be that stubborn that they won't allow it to change. I actually think it's worse for the smaller clubs only having three, well, the clubs with smaller squads only having three subs, because that means they're going to have the same like 11 to 14 players playing every single week, playing 90 minutes twice a week, because whenever there's not a cup game on, there's two Premier League games at the moment. 
So their players are going to hit record numbers of minutes. So they're going to get injuries. They're going to break down. They're going to be slow and fatigued in a game. They're not going to be able to play at their best. So they're relying on a smaller group of players and they don't want to rotate them in a game. They're screwing themselves over by not saying, let's have two more players available in a game. They may yeah. have, they may not have as good a player 15, 16, 17, 18, but do you know what? Giving them 20, 30 minutes against clubs in and around them, or do you know what? You're getting spanked by City because they've torn you apart. Let's take some of these players off that are tired because there's no benefit. We're not going to come back into the game. Rest them and get other players on the pitch. Like manage your team and your games. It is a case of the, the cut on the nose after spite the face, and I think it's it's the, the the them and those mentality of the big six in like the the idea that the big six were trying to push for this project, big picture and stuff like that, and it's the divide between the league and I think it's it they they're like if we stick together and go against whatever they want to do, then we we hold the power and that's obviously stems into the the project big picture thing and it's a whole minefield that in itself that the bigger clubs wanted a little bit more power for these teams that pop up into the Premier League for a year or two and then go missing for four or five years. You can understand the reasons behind it and so on and so forth. But I think it is it's a power play by them just to say like, well, you bigger clubs with bigger budgets and bigger squads have got more quality than us in the positions of 14 to 20 where we have got mediocre if not any quality so in order to try and balance the the playing field if, if that's what they're trying to do but they've they've gone against it where as you said and it's going to affect them more in the long run when injuries do do come and you do only got to look at what's over the international window players who are playing constantly are picking up injuries and it will happen i mean i think the fatigue index spot on on Gomez a few days ago touched, touched on the fact that this period is just going to see injuries spike because the load is just going to be so much and they'll only have themselves to blame at the end of the day and uh, I said earlier we, we're all in the same boat but I think we, we've we now just got to accept our fate and, and get on with it. The, the league ain't going to change their mind so we've just got to, to get by with the way we can and if it's going to be a siege mentality then so be it. It, it, it's happened for teams in the past and it's won them league so if that's the adopt, uh, position we've got to adopt then, then so be it for us but like how many players have taken advantage of an injury and come into a game and then turn out to be weldies in no amount of time like Trent played some massive games when he was a kid because of injuries and he took the opportunity I think Reese Williams is handling himself absolutely brilliantly you know, Stevie G played right wing back in his first game. There was an opportunity to get on the pitch. He got on and he showed what he could do and he went on to be an absolute legend. And that's just our club. I am sure all the clubs up and down every single tier of English football have had players come in because of an injury and opportunity and they've got minutes and maybe they weren't expecting to go on to have, they weren't previously expected to have the careers they went on and had. Like, if you're a player, if you're a club with a small budget and you've got an academy, You've got to have it. There's got to be at least one player in there who's so desperate to get on the pitch that will make a difference if they're given a chance. And it just seems madness not to have five subs, not to for the clubs that don't have the spending power to look to their academies and look to their reserve players and see what they can do. I mean, you know, Brighton took a punt on a right back from Chelsea that none have ever heard of in January, and look how well he's doing. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's just, I think, I think some clubs are just run with neglect, and that, that the it's sad to say, but they're in the Premier League purely for the for the money. And as long as they reach that holy grail and they maintain the Premier League status for a few years, then they're fine. Because if they go down, then they get the parachute payments for the next three seasons, and then all they've got to do is get up within that time, and it keeps them ticking over and. Uh, I again, I'm, I'm referring to Burnley. I I'm kind of just fed up with them now. I just want them to go because they're just a drain on the league. Like they're, they're not doing anything. They're just happy to even just finish 16th. I know they haven't, but, they, but they're just happy to get by. And they, they don't want to in, include academy players. They don't want to 
show any signs of development. They don't put any improvements into the ground, and they're just ticking along. And you know, it. it you, you look at clubs like the likes of Leeds, who I know they went through a lot of financial trouble, and it's took them 16 years to get back up. But they want to be in the Premier League. They they want to make a fight of it. They've they've pushed the boat out and, and made a few transfers, but they want to be there. They want to be part of this for the right reasons, not for the for the financial reasons. Like it, it looks with Burnley, so it, it's just one of them things. You, like you don't we you're cutting your own nose off to spite your face. If you don't want to invest in your youth, then you're not investing in your future. And if Burnley went down, I don't see them coming back up for a long time. They'd probably go the same way as Sunderland and drop down again and really struggle for a while, which isn't nice to say on any club, but they are just a bit of a drag on the league. And yeah, it's dragging this this, this podcast down. Let's, let's get on to something more positive. <laughs> Well, it's it's sort of the last point I really wanted to discuss that it all ties into what we've said, really. In my opinion, the Atlanta game coming up in the Champions League is one of the most important games we've got in this run in that if we win it, that gives us 12 points out of 12. And based on what other results have happened and having 12 points, we will then be qualified through in the Champions League group. And I think the way it goes now, it doesn't particularly matter if you finish first or second. So that potentially gives us two free hits if you like for want of calling it something different and if you look at the fixture sort of in and around that they're reasonably favourable so we have Atlanta at home and then after that we go away to Brighton then the Ajax at home game is on the Tuesday night and then we've got Wolves at home on the Saturday and then after Wolves we've got Midgieland so if you could just have a Ajax home game and the Midgieland away game especially the Midgieland away game to have nothing riding on that and just be able to literally play a Carabao Cup team, if you like, with the injuries we've got, etc. To me, that's that's the game you've got to go all out to win. The Leicester game, first and foremost, and then that Atlanta game. What, what do you boys think about that? Yeah, I think we'll probably see someone like Nate Phillips playing centre-half on Sunday because it gives us more options for what I think is a more important game, which is Atlanta. And again, as I said at the start of the pod, I don't want to see Robin playing on Sunday because I think Wednesday's more important. Like, win the game, top the group, close the doors, and then look at the rest of the fixtures and go rotation. Because if you look at when we're playing, I can't even pronounce them, Mitterland, it's in between Wolves, which will be a hard game, and Fulham, which will be about 27 goals. And I think it's a good opportunity for us to then manage the team again we're playing Ajax after Brighton which shouldn't be too hard but before Wolves which is one of our harder games so we can manage the players around those games accordingly but only if we win win next Wednesday Uh, there are some players I don't think we'll see and I don't want to see like you know I think maybe Thiago's one to be a bit more careful with and Fab's one to be more careful with but I think the front three and I think the likes of Ginny and Naby, they're the ones I want to see on the pitch against Atlanta because we've got all the game changers there. We've got some clever players in there. but And I want to see Robbo rested to make a big difference there. And if that's the game that if that's the game that Milner plays right back, I'll be happy with it because I think that suits more the opposition than seeing them play right back against Leicester. I think we have to go for it. I think we have to go for the throw, close the group off, get a goal early, manage the game, Atlanta play some crazy tactics, which has done brilliantly for them, but wait till they're exposed, put a few goals past them, and then shut up shop and get ready for Saturday. Yeah, I, 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 I get your, your point, and it's a big game. Um, for me, arguably Leicester is bigger, um, because the league, the league's your bread and butter, and if things went wrong on Wednesday against Atalanta, then We've still got two games to pull it back, um, and we're in a comfortable position as is already within the Champions League. So it, it's a to me, I understand the fact that it, it gives you the opportunity for two free games. But I think the Leicester one, given the position Leicester in as well in the league, it's it's a it's a point to to prove, and we can we can lay down a marker. Um, but going into the Atalanta game, then a win would be glorious because then that that 
puts us in an unassailable lead at the top of the group. Um, I think unless Ajax won their next two, their last three games, and we lost our next two, but I don't see that happening. Um, and it's an opportunity for us to rotate players in, in the squad. Um, I know coming up our fixtures are coming thick and fast, but we have got a three-day gap in sort of terms between Leicester and Atalanta, but then it's a shorter turnaround to the Brighton game, which is Saturday 12.30, so it's going to take some squad management. Um, I will be putting a pod out, just a quick plug for the Atalanta game coming up, so that's a nice cheesy plug and segue into that, um, which I'm sure we'll, we'll discuss more and the listeners can, can get involved in on that one, but I don't see it being the be-all and end-all, but I I do understand your point that it, it's a highly important game because it would give us the opportunity for for two free hits as such and we can play a much, much weaker squad. So I, I do get your point, but it, for me, it's think, not the be-all and end-all. I think it's about availability as well, though. We know that Mo can't play this weekend. We know that Nat Phillips can't play the Champions League, so it makes more sense when we're so short of centre-halves hints play against Leicester, we know that Reese Williams has got a knock. So don't risk him until the Atlanta game. Uh, we, know oh yeah, that, yeah. we know that Robbo's playing with a knock and it's stupidity, but he's the captain of his country, so he's not going to say no. And we know that Tomis Cast looks he looks decent and Leicester are only decent I know they're top of the league, but they're only decent. They're not really a fully fledged city or there to say it, but they're not Spurs. Spurs have got some cracking players. They're going to probably be one of our two main challengers this year. So I yeah, think it's I, about I, I think it's about the players available this weekend. It makes more sense to play Jota and Bobby and Mane up front. It makes more sense to play Tomiskas and Nat Phillips and Neko Williams because of his he's got more pace than Millie and rotate maybe Ginny or. Matip or Fab at centre half, we might decide that we're going to have to play Reese in midweek, so we're better off playing him next to Matip, who's actually a centre half. And Nat Phillips would be fine playing alongside Ginny or Fab. I know I keep I saying Ginny, we'll, but we've, yeah. we've, we've seen him at centre half. I think we'll see him there again this year. I think what we will see is from Saturday to Wednesday to Saturday, it's Sunday, Wednesday to Saturday, sorry, as it is. Um, we'll see 10 changes across that week. So whoever plays Sunday versus Leicester, I imagine four or five changes at least going into the Atalanta game. And again, four or five changes going into Brighton, which will probably more similar to the team that plays Leicester. And I think that might be the way we just have to play it. We have a, a weekend team and a week midweek team, especially given the, the Champions League squad restrictions, obviously with Phillips and Williams. They sort of pick themselves if the if the, that's so be it the case but I think we will see a case of a lot of players will be selective for like the weekend for example is your league games that's when you're probably going to see Matip and then your midweek Champions League games you're going to see Williams and another whether that be Fabinho whether that be whoever Jürgen Klopp Carolina Denelady I don't know but I that that's just how the situation is, and like, as you said, regarding Salah, I think the news has come out today that he's tested positive again, so we can't leave Egypt, and I think he cannot leave Egypt until a there's a, a pre-planned, secure plane journey for him to get back, because I know El Neni from Arsenal has also tested positive, so whether there's some agreement that Liverpool and Arsenal can come to to get a secure plane to get them back, um, that could be possible. Or he's stuck in Egypt until he gets a negative test. And then even when he gets back to the UK, I think he's got a quarantine for five days. So we may not see Mo Salah till the Brighton game, uh, as it is. But, you know, we're not the only club, so we've just got to deal with it. We've got enough quality in Jota, Manny and Bobby. And Bobby's played for Brazil. He got a goal over the break. So hopefully that's reignited the fire within his tummy and he comes back firing again. I reckon there are four players that play all those three, who start in all three of those games. I reckon Allison, Ginny, Bobby, and Mane are the only ones that start all three. I think you're right. I think we'll see a lot of rotation in and around them. 
I'd like to see a lot of. I want to see loads of Navi. I want to see him get loads of minutes because we need him. I want to see Thiago get on the pitch, but us to be sensible with him. And I want us to use Hendo in a way that makes sense so we don't break him because we've got a habit of playing him and he's got to knock and making things worse. And again, he's another Marmite player, right? Like Milner, but he's proven to be an important part of the team and again, the club culture. So we need to get him on the pitch, but let's not... If I think he's had a, ham- a hamstring... Yeah, I think we've got two players for every position, even though we're limited, that we could play. I don't know Allison's going to be a, a, a feature, but if you think left-back, we've got Robbo and Simicas. Centre-half, we've all been well. We've got Williams, Phillips, Matip and Fabinho, hopefully, to play them positions. Right-back at the moment, we're a little bit short, but you've got Nico Williams and Milner. Midfield, Ginny Naby, Henderson, Thiago, Curtis Jones, who can all play in that position. Even Shaqiri can drop in there. Frontline, Minamino, Bobby, Mane, Jota, slash Shaqiri again, even Divock, and hopefully Salah within the coming week. So it's not as bad as everyone thinks it is. We've still got these players available, so we're not going to be too bad. And Shaq's been one of my highlights of the season. Just seeing him there. Just, just the free kick, the smile, the Wayne Rooney haircut. I just <laughs> It's a hell of a hair transplant. That's why he was missing last season. It wasn't you know, the calves. You know there are players you just love and you can't put your finger on it. Like sticking Inga Bjornaby is no by no means is he one of our best left bats, but he's one of my favourites. And I've just got a real soft spot for the power cube. I just there's just something where the ball gets at his feet and you just feel like he's going to do something. And it's maybe it's that United game that you want for us. Maybe it's the fact he can look like he's been a complete useless turd for 90 minutes and smash in a free kick or put a corner onto Verge's big head. There's, I, I just really enjoy seeing Shaq on a pitch and seeing him like he looks fit, he looks healthy, he looks happy, he's enjoying his football, he's playing as an eight, which is just madness because he can't tackle for shit. He's got no positional sense. But I just really enjoy watching him, watching him play and it's good to see him getting more minutes than Divi. Maybe he's not, but it feels like he is. <laughs> right, I think we're, we're just about on the hour mark there, so I think we, we've done very well there for to get an hour out of that. I know you you sort of mentioned it a bit earlier there, Jay, but if you want to give your your upcoming pod a plug and anything else you've got coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, as I say, we'll have a recording for the Atalanta game um, over the weekend and hopefully get that out. Um, across the weekend um, because Atlanta game is Wednesday so depending on the the schedule lines up I think we're trying to get Alex Ballaro on who's based down under so it's a it's a time thing um, but producer guy will sort that out for us because he's a good lad um, so we'll get that out before the Champions League game hopefully Sunday maybe Monday um, and we'll also have a fancy pod hopefully recording that tomorrow Thursday as that stands um, if we get that recorded Thursday afternoon, we'll have that out for Thursday evening so people can get their fancy football fix. And if you're like me, you'll probably want a wild card because there's been that many injuries. Um, you'll want to fiddle with your team. So, yeah, that's the two things I've got coming up over the next week. Um, so keep your eyes peeled on Twitter, your eyes peeled on the AI app, and there's plenty of content there. But that's what I'll be on if you want to listen to me anymore. Fabulous. And Stephen, anything you've got coming up in the next couple of weeks? Anything people should be keeping their eyes and ears peeled for? Hopefully we're going to get Hendrick on, aren't we, Mark? Hopefully next week we'll get a pod on with him to get him out of AI Pro and back into the AI Massive. So that'd be fun if we can get him on. That's the idea. That would be good. I think we're looking at recording that next week, next Friday, aren't we? So hopefully next weekend that will be out. And I'm the host, so I'll give myself a little plug as well. I'm the host of Red's Review as well. So we'll have a, another one of them coming up the end of the November, early December, looking at the 60-odd fixtures that Liverpool played in November. And you can find me on Twitter, at Harry Welshie. So if you want to tweet and let us know what you thought of the show, please do that. And I just want to give your Twitter handle out as well, boys. Sorry, yeah, I was on mute. <laughs> Good old mute. <laughs> yeah, Stephen I... underscore B underscore A. 
and it's mostly f- nonsense about football, football manager, and more football. Yeah, mine's Jay Reed, 1987, giving my young age away there. Um, if you want to follow me, I have a rant about football. I have other rants about things going on around the city of Liverpool. If you want to know what's going on in this city, it's a bit crazy at the moment with what's known as the Cosmic Scousers, who are the anti-COVID vaccine brigade causing chaos. It's usually me ranting and raving about them um, and other stuff that goes on. But yeah, if you want to have a listen, uh, if, listen to the pods, if you want to see what I'm ranting about, follow me on Twitter. If not, then just don't say nothing to me at all. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, let us know what you thought of the show. I'm sure in the next international break or where... There's a couple of days at Liverpool we can get together and have another one. So if there's anything you want to hear us chat about, let us know. But until then, stick with AI. There's loads of content coming up, loads of previews for the Leicester game. Stick with us. Network.